0: He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the
1: middle with you. I'm stuck in the middle here with Doug DePiro. Good morning, Dick Morris. At my side. Uh, Doug has a new occupation. He's... Uh, as I've told you, a Renaissance man. He does, he re- salvages murals. He does architecture. He uh, paints paintings. But he recently has been hired by a guy named Donald Trump to nice guy. Uh, fix up Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. And uh, there's a mural there that is terrible. It was 100 years old. And it's just deteriorating. And there's discolorings okay. and everything. So,
0: Popping. Uh, the paint is so cracking. Doug
1: has popping. spent two days or three days. Redoing the mural and improving it, and he's and Trump says he's going to keep him busy for the rest of his life. He did say that, <laughs> running around Mar-a-Lago. I said, "Boy, I got to
0: help Dick Morris. I can't yeah. work for you." He goes, yeah, "All right." I keep we'll
1: telling say. him I'll help with the political problems, but not the architecture. And he said rest. that too to me. He goes, "He
0: goes, I like that. You take care of Dick Morris. I need Dick Morris." Yeah.
1: At one point, when I introduced Doug to him and I told him his range of skills, <laughs> Trump turned to him and said.
0: Are you Italian? <laughs> just like that. And I said to him the next day, we were walking around, I go, well, why did you say it? What made you say that? He goes, I could just tell, you Italians, you're really amazing people. He went on and on. It was pretty funny. <laughs> well, he's like an Italian. I got to tell you, he's just like, you know, building buildings in the city yeah. all the time. He just talks like, ah, forget about it.
1: He's no So, good. let me tell you the story of what's going on with Donald Trump and the Republican Party. when, Trump burst on the scene, everybody said, "Oh my god he his Superman has arrived <laughs> to save us from Hillary, and uh, God has answered our prayers and now Donald Trump has arrived in person to lead us away from Hillary land and then magically he did uh, magically then he became president and he had a magical record he uh there was no inflation there was excellent job growth. I mean, Hispanics and blacks flocked to him. Um the gender gap was down. Uh the Democrat the Republican Party made huge inroads with the blue collar white working class vote as well. And it it just seemed like a, a permanent era of Republican ascendancy had come in, just like it did with Reagan. Then COVID hit, whether it was what, however it started, my suspicion is China needed to derail Trump, so they gave the world covid but i can't prove that right. but uh but covid came and changed everything but Trump rebounded he built he got this vaccine developed in in record 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 time that saved hundreds of millions of lives around the world and uh and then when the Epidemic ebbed a little bit. He built the economy back and regained tens of millions of jobs that had been lost. So everybody assumed he'll win re-election in 2020. And we all thought, wow, I wonder how big the margin's going to be. And then he lost. And, uh, we don't know if he lost honestly or if he lost through chicanery. Yeah. Uh, but we do know that he lost. And, uh, to a certain extent, the God failed. Moses did not lead us to the promised land. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot of people say down with Moses for that.
0: I know. You believe and,
1: that. And, and the, and then we had, but then people said, well, don't worry about that. He'll, Biden's been so terrible. He'll come back in 22 and he'll make things right in the triumph we should have had in 20. We'll have in 22. And then we didn't have it. Uh, I think we did real well. We captured the House. We won the popular vote by five points. Trump elected nine of fifteen senators he campaigned for, but we didn't win the Senate. And people again are saying, "Oh my God, you know this Moses has feet of clay." I mean, he is. You know, just, they and and they went with the golden. They're going with the golden ca- calf, DeSantis, <laughs> and and they and they really began to say, "Well." Trump isn't all he's cracked up to be. And this was in, a, in an environment where you had all of the media echoing every negative thing they possibly could say about Donald Trump. In this studio, outside the studio, we have three TV sets that are on. And just saw CNN with the headline, Trump advocates terminating the Constitution. <laughs> no, you saw that? I yeah. didn't see that. What What a headline. Unbelievable. He didn't, by the way. He said that, that the, the rigged election, because the laptop, we have the laptop, we'll talk about that, requires some constitutional action. But anyway, they, they take everything they possibly can and use it as a negative against Trump. Sure. It's their full-time job. Running a TV station or running a newspaper, that's part-time. The full-time job is to propagandize against Donald Trump. So, when you put this together people are saying well i'm not sure i want to vote for trump i did it three times two times but i'm not sure i'm going to do it a third time and there's a feeling that that he's that he's flawed and that he has feet of clay okay now let's do a reality check of what happened trump saved the world from covid okay uh, that vaccine would have taken another year to develop And he saved tens of millions of lives. Then, in the middle of the re-election campaign, we discovered a laptop that totally implicated Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in complicity with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, enough to prosecute them for treason. And the whole world ganged up on him to try to say that this was just Russian disinformation, that this was nonsense. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Then we had the election, and again, it was fraudulent. Uh, and in 22 and in 20, the Democrats taught their people how to vote. They said they understood, the point I make in my book, The Return, that it's a new era, a new world, and that it's a logistical nightmare to get 150 million people to vote, and particularly with covid And the Democrats changed the rules. So you no longer had to vote in person. You could do it by mail. You no longer had to wait for election day. You could do it before. You no longer had to, uh, you no longer had to register months in advance. You could do it the same day. They changed. You didn't have to just vote by yourself in a booth. A guy could come around and collect your ballots and, Mm. and put them in his sack. Uh, so. They, they, you didn't have, you could have an absentee ballot even if you weren't sick. So they changed those rules fundamentally, and the Republican Party did not change. They would not change. They're so hidebound, they're so traditional, that they, that they just don't get it. That they lost. That this, that they lost, yeah. and that they better change their, their take. Mm. Uh, and then they lost in 22 for this reason. They lost. Uh, They're going to lose the Herschel Walker runoff, I think. Oh, really? Um, Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But the point is that this is not Trump's fault. Uh, This is all Trump is. And then he got prosecuted by the special prosecutor for stuff that were picky on minor technical crimes. He's being framed for the January 6th riot, saying that it was his his effort to overthrow the government. Uh And on behalf of Donald Trump... I need to call Billy Joel to the stand.
2: I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an innocent man.
1: Now, in Georgia, the Republicans are making the exact same mistake that they made in 2020, and in other states in 2022, they are not getting early votes. Right now, there are there are, have been two hundred and twenty three thousand more Democrats who've early voted than Republicans. Two
0: hundred and twenty three thousand. A
1: quarter of a million. Wow. And uh, and you can't overcome that kind of deficit. I mean, it's it's just too big. Uh, you vote on Election Day and the race is already lost when you go into it and they just would not get it that you need early voting they're so traditional they're so hidebound they're so committed to the old way of doing things and because the democrats use this early voting as a technique for fraud in 2020 they're scared to death of voting that way they think if they comp- if they give their vote early vote they're kissing it goodbye or if they put it in the mailbox they might as well put it in the garbage can and uh that's just wrong and uh in Long, on Long Island, in this election, we proved it was wrong because with the early voting, we flipped two congressional right. seats and two more upstate, and they were a big part of our recapturing the House. So they're in the back of the
0: pack. They're starting in the back
1: of the we're pack. We're starting down a quarter of a million votes. In yeah, Georgia. right, like in a race so, when you're in the back. So the important point is to vote early and to understand that early voting is here to stay. Uh, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, it's the law, it's the opportunity, so and get Republicans on board. better take advantage of it.
0: Get on
2: board. Touch me in the morning, then just close the door. Leave me as you find me.
0: We have to up our
1: game. Yeah, we do. We gotta like play by the rules, the new rules, right. and adapt to that. I said that in my book, The Return, but uh, everybody in the country didn't read it. I sold 107,000 107, copies. I needed to sell two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> but but the but the basic point here is that you got to use these new rules. Um, right. Judith, my good friend in Brooklyn. What, Hi, Judith. What's up?
2: Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I'm calling because I, I thought of something. Uh, you know, like they say, like, Trump syndrome, deranged, whatever. So i want to call this Blame Trump Syndrome, right, okay? Because yep. this has been the theme of the day, Blame Trump Forever, theme of the day for seven years straight, people, yeah, seven yeah. years straight. And this guy has been so innocent. He's done the best job. No, listen. When Trump dismantled ISIS, was there any praise for him at right. all? None. That should be enough when, when, legacy. Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, right, Doug. When Trump sent Baghdadi to hell, the media praised Baghdadi as a daddy and a scholar. Right. Not, not President Trump. They vilified him. Abraham Accords. It's Nobel Peace, Peace Prize worthy, but nothing. The Inflation was one half percent. Now it's like nine. The economy is booming. Yep. Jobs, whatever. So now I'm going to get to. So now they're questioning his anti-Semitism, Dick. And here's what I want to tell you. So Trump shut down the funding for Abbas and Hamas in the Washington office. You remember that right. against because of the Palestinian because right. he was saying as long as you don't eliminate the pay per slay, I am not going to give yep. you a penny. Guess what? Where is the outrage? Where is the outrage against Biden reopening? I'm up against
1: against the brick here, Judith. I'll I'll explain the point that you're making. I think it's a very good one. But see you in a moment.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC.
1: so was the election of 2020 rigged, damn right it was. Was it fixed? Damn right it was. And I'm not talking here about uh, votes that were fraudulent, about drop boxes, about uh, post-dated votes, about any of that stuff. Forget all of that. It was fixed because the Biden, Hunter Biden laptop was discredited two weeks before the election, and it turns out to be completely and totally true. This laptop contained on it all of the information about Biden and his son's dealings in the Ukraine and in Russia, uh, and in China, rather, uh, for their own personal profit, uh, which is okay, I guess, in Ukraine, but in China, it was directly against the national interest. When that laptop was discovered, it had been repaired in a repair shop in Georgia. And, uh, and the, and the guy who had it repaired didn't come to pick it up. So, uh, the, the, uh, owner of the repair shop called, uh, called the number that he had. And the a guy came down and said, yeah, that's my laptop. And he took it. And it turned out it was, it belonged originally to Hunter Biden. And on it, it contained all of the information you could possibly want about Biden's complicity with China, including a direct quote where Hunter Hunter Biden says in the email, we got to tell the big guy about this. Mm -hmm. We got to give the money to the big guy. Mm -hmm. And it explained how the money was to be divided among the various people and how Joe was going to share in the money that his son got. Uh, It quoted Joe Biden, it quoted Hunter Biden as saying, uh, i don't I have to give a quarter of the money I make to my dad, and when it came out, the Biden people went into overdrive to discredit it. Uh, the election was two to three weeks away, and they got a whole bunch of national security types led by Leon Panetta, the former head of the CIA to say this is of a lie this whole thing is Russian disinformation. Uh this laptop is unreliable. you can't go buy it it's complete uh completely fraudulent and it turned out to be completely right and The New York Post published it. Fox News talked about it Newsmax talked about it, but nobody else did and When Twitter tried to when they tried to get the story out over twitter the it now comes out musk released yesterday that Twitter executives called the Biden people and said, what should we do? And they said, don't release it. Say it's fraudulent. And uh, we don't know how they did it, but we know there's an email from Twitter to Biden's people saying it's settled. We did it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't come out. And this laptop would never have seen the light of day, except that Trump had a debate with Biden shortly after it was discovered. And he brought the guy who was Biden's business partner, Hunter Biden's business partner, to a press conference at the site of his debate when all the media was there and they had to cover it, and he explained the whole deal to people. But then wall-to-wall denials, discrediting, oh, this is all fraudulent, this is phony, Uh, it's a fake. And because of that, uh, the networks never never publicized the laptop, the, new, the reputable newspapers never did that. It remained in a cocoon in the right wing, and uh, and it was never broadcast much publicly. This vital piece of information was withheld from the American people because, by a deliberate conspiracy of all of the mainstream media to withhold that information from the American people. Uh So in that sense, yeah, the election was rigged. Had this information come out as it is now, uh, everybody would see that that's what was going on. And stay tuned. We now control the House and we're going to have a hearing that's going to explain the whole thing and let it all out uh, and tell everybody about it. And you'll, you'll, you'll hear it and you'll see it in the hearing. It's about time. And you'll realize as you see it how Trump was absolutely screwed by the media, by the establishment and that this the defeat was not his fault, and that he did nothing wrong, Uh, the media conspired with the Democrats to steal this election by withholding the vital piece of information that would have changed the election, which was the Hunter Biden laptop. And Biden thought he was going to get away with it. He thought that he could skate on this. He said, I have no involvement in my son's business. Yeah. Nobody challenged him on it. And whenever they did, they said, "Oh, that's from that laptop. That stupid thing." Oh, that's, old, that's old. hat. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about so, it. So, so his whole approach was, uh, was, I'm, I'm, compl- I have nothing to do with this. I'm fine. And at one point, he tweeted to uh, Hunter uh, that I think we're okay on this. Mm. I think that we've escaped with it. I think that nobody will notice it. Basically, I think we're alone now. He's got his useful idiots that listen to him. Oh yeah,
0: sure. This is.
1: But let's realize that the Hunter Biden laptop is only the tip of the iceberg in Biden's complicity with China. Uh, the The real story is that, according to the National Legal and Policy Center, the University of Pennsylvania received more than seventy million dollars from Chinese sources between twenty thirteen and twenty nineteen. The years after Biden's vice presidency, but before his presidency. And of that amount, 22 million was uh, logged in as coming from anonymous sources in China.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that money was used to fund the Biden Center for Peace and Diplomacy, which was set up with the money that China gave. And you know how the Clinton Foundation was basically a home away from home for the Clinton administration? Mm-hmm. And they had all of their former employees, all the people they were going to hire in the future, were on the payroll there during the campaign. Well, that's what this center was. Uh, It was essentially an employment agency for the Bidenistas. And the head of the institute, the number one guy, the manager, was Blinken, who went on to become Secretary of State. Hmm. So, And he was paid by the center. Biden received personally a million dollars a year four years from this center it was his major source of income and all of it came from China so why is Biden so nice to China oh. when they're locking down their entire country because he's paid for why is Biden not reacting furiously to China's aid to Russia and Ukraine because he's, he's not a free agent he's hmm. a Chinese agent hmm. Who became president. This is real Manchurian candidate stuff. And, uh, and it really deserves to be known. It deserves to be publicized.
0: And you have a whole section in your book right here uh, about this. A
1: whole chapter about it. Uh huh. And, uh, and the Hunter Biden laptop is really important, but I hope that it opens the door to an investigation of Biden's entire relationship with China, because I think that's going to be absolutely key. Taking that money. Ain't working, that's how you do it. Take money from China, and money uh, for nothing, yeah, money for nothing, and your chicks for free, yeah, oh, I guess. Nice, All right. no, no, never free, ever, yeah, never free.
0: authoritygoldguide.com Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. the left, to the
1: right. Here I am stuck in the middle. Talk about stealing an election. The Democrats are trying to take the House of Representatives away from us, or at least take the power that the House represents away from us in a sneaky backroom underhanded deal that they're doing pulling off because it's too complicated for anybody to easily understand, but I'm gonna explain it. The fiscal year in the United States government runs from September from October first to September thirtieth. So a new fiscal year started in October of this year, just two months ago, you probably heard, heard the fireworks and the noisemakers and the champagne popping. Uh, that was for the fiscal New Year. And everybody yelled out, Happy fiscal New Year. Uh, and it was a big, big deal. No, I'm sorry. That's the real New Year. But whatever. You know, the yeah. budget types went crazy because yeah. it was a new fiscal year. We. Okay, so the question is, what budget do you have for the new fiscal year? So the Democrats came in and they said, let's just take the old budget, the budget we had in 22, and carry it over for a year to 23. And they passed what they called a continuing resolution that said that we're not going to set a new budget now, it's October, but we're going to pass one in December give us two months to get our act together and then we'll pass it. Now the Democrats are saying, okay, our act's together. We're ready to pass it. Yeah, sure. And the Republicans say, hey, wait a minute, guy. There was an election in November and we won the House. You can't just take your budget. You can't just, while you're lame ducks, while you're still in power, pass a budget that's binding on the newly elected Congress. You see, the the." New congressmen don't come in until January 1st. So for the next 30 days, the Democrats have a majority in that House. And what they're planning to do is to use that majority of lame ducks, not just lame ducks, most of them are dead ducks because they <laughs> lost re to, mm-hmm. the, to the Republicans. And they're planning these voices from the grave to reach up and set a new budget in place for the fiscal year that's coming. And that just totally changes the, the construct in Washington. It means that the Republicans will have no voice, no voice at all in how federal money is spent, what taxes are raised, uh, whether, I, whether 87,000 new IRS agents are hired, whether these trillion-dollar spending programs that have triggered inflation will continue. No voice at all. This all will be adjudicated and decided by Democrats this month before the new congressmen arrive, before even the new senators arrive. A Congress that has been replaced and repudiated by the voters will make all of these decisions. The newly elected Congress will have nothing to say about it. Get out of my way, is what the Republicans should be saying. That's right. Get out. Get out. Instead, they're, they're saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and yeah. they're going right ahead. And but do you, uh, think, gonna, that, do you, do you what? think that's going to happen? Yeah. Well, they're going to steamroll over the Democrats. Oh, good. The question of oh, the Republicans. I'm sorry. No, not The good. question is, will McCarthy and McConnell, the Republican leaders, stand up against them? And there is no chance at all. That they're going to grow. that uh, chance. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh And um, what's going on is the Republicans are saying, uh, you got to let us budget when we take power. And the Democrats are saying, hell with you. We're going to jam through our budget while we can. And you won't be able to do a damn thing, exercise any of your power until October 1st, 2023. That's A.D., by the way. (laughs) And, And you can't do a thing until then. So and the, the
0: Republicans cannot do so anything about So the Republicans this? are
1: saying, the hell with you. I'm not going to vote for this continuing resolution. And mm-hmm. they say, well, we have the majority. You don't have to. Then the Republicans say, we'll filibuster in the Senate, and you can't get 60 votes, and we'll stop this from passing. And the Democrats say, oh, yeah, you are? If you <laughs> do that, we'll shut the government down because we don't have any budget. We can't operate. We can't spend money. And you're going to have one of these government shutdowns where you can't get your passport renewed and national parks are closed and people worry about their Social Security check. And uh, salaries aren't paid to the armed forces, or they are, but people worry about it. And the government shutdowns have worked so much against the Republicans in previous years, beginning, by the way, when I did it, when I orchestrated for Clinton the opposition to their shutdowns. At the end of 95 and the beginning of 96 that they won't touch it again. But what they should do is say, okay guys, we take your dear, your dare. We want to pass the exact same budget we had for last year. No changes at all. Nothing remains closed. Nobody's fired. Nothing is replaced with one exception. You can't hire your 87,000 new IRS agents. And if you want to close down the government and and not pass a budget and keep everything closed because you want to hire those agents, will you take your case to the American people and we'll see if they approve of it or not? Interesting. And they, see, the problem the Republicans have had in shutdowns in the past is they have an agenda of fifty things that they want, and they can't focus it, and it becomes: should we open the government or not? Uh, can we get our social security checks or not? Can we pay the armed forces or not? Will schools get their aid or not? Now the fact is, this is all baloney. They do get their aid. They do get their checks. They do get paid. All of this happens uh, because what the Republicans do is they say, other than we're not, they pass specific bills saying even if the government shut down, we will pay social security. We will pay our armed forces. Mm-hmm. We will of Education Aid and all of that there's specific bills that say that but the Democrats ignore that and they focus on the question of should the government be shut down and the media covers big people who are crying because they mm. can't travel abroad because they can't get oh. their passport and and people who uh, and, and people who want to be, take their kid to the Smithsonian Institute because <laughs> it's the Christmas vacation and, the hissy fit people. and it's closed they can't get in and uh, Jefferson Memorial is closed, all that stuff. And and that's what the public hears about. Mm-hmm. And because the media is not only Democrat, but it's based in Washington, D.C., which is the only city that really cares about the government being shut down. It's at the place that all the government's employees work. Um, that becomes the issue. So Republicans are scared to shut down the government. Mark Twain once said it best. He said, if a cat sits down on a hot stove, he'll never sit down on a hot stove again. <laughs> but he'll never sit down on a cold one either. <laughs> and, and that's, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. And that's where the Republican Party is at. They are terrified of closing down the government, and the Democrats know that. And they're sitting back there and they're saying, if you don't like it, lump it. Close down the government. You know, we'll be fine with that. We'll beat the hell out of you again. And Republicans are terrified about that. So they do not have the guts well, they to go ahead guts. and do this. And then to complicate this, McCarthy is hoping to be elected speaker during this. And this uh, issue of whether we let them, whether we cl- change the budget or go with the Democratic budget is overshadowing his leadership context. And he doesn't want that to happen. So he's doubly in the tank oh my God. of not changing this budget. Uh, it's unbelievable what's going on, but we are literally giving away the damn election that we just won. So what will be the situation on January 1st? We'll control the House. They'll control the Senate, which means we can't pass anything and they can't pass anything. So, okay, what governs? The old budget. The budget. The one from 22. Mm-hmm. The one that includes all of this crap that Biden put in it. That's what governs. And uh, there's nothing we can do about it because we can't get a bill through the Senate. It's unbelievable.
0: You better call some of these guys up and talk to them.
1: Let's go to John in Staten Island. Hey, John.
2: are reversed from what normal would be. I got you. Hello? Hello, John. Yes, hey, Uh Mr. Morris, I got a quick question for you. Besides the political uh, advantage of uh, what's going on, the uh, guy who did the FTX and screwed a lot of people out, a lot of money, um, p- apparently he has a father who is a uh, tax lawyer in a college and his girlfriend was also um, has a father who is a tax lawyer in another college.
1: John, I'm going to cut you off here because I don't know anything about it and I can't comment until I do. Um, let's go. Alfred Yanka is calling to wish me happy birthday. Thank, hey, you, hey, Alex. Hey, Alfred. Thank happy you, Alfred. Happy belated birthday. Hi Good. guys. Thank you. Um, my I birthday, is, talk to you. Thank you my birthday my is not belated. <laughs> uh, Judy in Manhattan. Hey Judy. Uh,
2: yes, sir. I'm uh, wondering if Herschel Walker is going to call for standalone only legislation in the future. uh, And right now uh, to encompass the uh, budget that uh, is coming up and uh, also uh, require no omnibus bills in the future and no comprehensive plans. So one by one, Americans can get what we the people want.
1: Yeah, well, um, it's not going to make a difference because Walker is not going to win. I don't see Uh, that. He goes into the election a quarter of a million votes behind. And the days of Republicans being able to pray that somehow or other we get enough votes on Election Day that we can offset the early voting. You are just kidding yourself. I mean, what are you smoking, guys? Um, Uh, Give me some. This is is absolutely absurd and ridiculous. And until we get our act together and teach our people how to vote early. I mean, Zeldin would be the governor now. We would control the U.S. Senate. Uh, We'd have about 15 new congressmen to work with. But we can't because ours, our people ours would have be, won. Because uh-huh. our people are too damn set in their ways Stubborn. to go out and vote early. They just are. It's absurd. Uh, Sandra, New Jersey. Hi. Hi, met Sandra.
2: Her. Yeah. Oh, good afternoon, Rick and Doug. Um, I wanted to um ask you in your heart, do you think Trump will prevail. Yeah. I mean, Judith said it very well, seven years of bashing a man.
1: Yeah, I think he will. I think that Trump is going to be the next president. And the best evidence I have for it is the desperation with which the Democrats are attacking him. Right. If he would damage goods, if he couldn't win, if they thought that he would lose, don't you think they would be giving him some slack and letting him be out there, but they're prosecuting him are doing everything they can to him because they know damn well how strong he is. And uh, Trump's in future is that he's going to be the next president. And he's one tough guy. He will just go through it. One thing people say about DeSantis is okay, but is he tough enough to put up with what Trump has taken and continue and keep going?
0: And they'll do that to DeSantis. Let's say he runs. Immediately, the the the, the media is going to say, so, "Oh, the guy's no good. He's a racist." They're going to call him all stuff that so they call Trump. Go
1: after him like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Democrats are looking ahead to try to fix the nominating process in 2024, so they can shove Biden down the party's throat. And I'll tell you that about that when we get back.
0: Talk Radio 77, WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris <laughs> is on 77, WABC.
1: Clowns to the left and me, to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. How did Joe Biden get the Democratic nomination for president in 2020? Well, he lost it, but he got it. Remember the history. He lost New Hampshire, first primary. He lost Nevada, second primary. And the Iowa caucuses, which were before New Hampshire, nobody will ever know who won those caucuses uh, because the voting was too complicated. Nobody could unravel it. The one thing we know is Biden lost it. Um, We don't know who actually won it. Uh, I think the prevailing theory is that Buttigieg won it, but it's not clear. But the point is that Biden lost the first three primaries and was dead in the water until he came to South Carolina, which was the promised land for him. Because South Carolina is the most African-American state in the country. The only thing that's more African-American is Washington, D.C., So the black vote in South Carolina rallied to Biden because they were told to by one man, Jim Claiborne, who's the number three guy in the House. He's about to get bumped down to number four. But he controlled South Carolina's black vote. And it was a very confusing field. Eight or nine candidates, each making a case, each advertising uh, at the last minute. Uh, the, uh, the, at the last minute, other candidates jumped in and it became very confusing. And at that point, Clyburn came in and said, the guy is Biden. And all of the black vote in South Carolina fell into line and he won South Carolina overwhelmingly. And the Democrats had jimmied the, the black Democrats had jimmied the order of primaries so that Super Tuesday that contained about a quarter of the total votes at the convention. All the states synchronized their primary on one day. And Super Tuesday was Tuesday, obviously, and the South Carolina primary had been Friday or Saturday. So two days before, three days before Super Tuesday, South Carolina voted. And it was set up, it was a perfect bank shot and pool (laughs) set up by the Democrats to nominate Biden. Because what would happen, what did happen, is South Carolina won. All the headlines were about Biden, and the black vote putting him over, and all the black voters on Super Tuesday got the message: you got to support Biden. Mm. And where South Carolina is the most black state in the country, Super Tuesday states are strongly black. Not quite a majority, but about thirty percent of the vote in those states is African American. So once they got their signal from Clyburn and South Carolina picked up on the signal and voted that way, all of the Super Tuesday states, influenced by large numbers of African-American votes for Biden, voted for Biden. And everybody else dropped out of the race. Uh, nobody else was running a week later. Literally, it was a three-day, four-day knockout when he went from out of the race on Thursday to being the only candidate left standing on Wednesday. What a strategy. A six-day period. It was one of the most amazing feats in politics. Wow. And it was all because the Democratic National Committee jiggered the calendar so that South Carolina would play the pivotal role that it did. Well, the reason I'm reciting this history is it's happening again. The Democratic Party Committee has just voted that New Hampshire will not be the first primary. Iowa will not be the first caucus. Nevada will not be the third state. The first state to vote will be... How do you do a drum roll? South Carolina. (laughs) You got it. South Carolina. That will be the first state to vote. So it basically, fundamentally, is a statement that the African Americans will determine who the candidate's going to be of the Democratic Party. White voters need not apply uh, because the momentum will be such that when you combine the uh, South Carolina primary with Super Tuesday, with all the heavy black states, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, all of them, Louisiana, all of them bunched together right after Super Tuesday. Whoever the black leader endorses is going to be the nominee. And basically, there will be no Democratic primary. Uh, And the only contest will be which black leader is nominated. And that will come down to a personal decision by one man named Barack Obama. Really? He will decide who the Democratic candidate is going to be. Now, the obvious question is, will it be Mrs. Obama? Will it be Michelle Uh, If she wants it, she certainly could get the nomination. She could just walk into it because they've laid the basis for it by adjusting this calendar. In fact, Biden may have done his own case in because the way he stacked the calendar, if Michelle wants it, uh, she can force Biden out of the race in an hour. She hates this country. Yeah, but that's the problem. (laughs) Uh, And and she uh, and, and the polling at the moment shows that she runs worse than Biden does. Against Trump. Trump, yeah, but beats, the
0: useful idiots will come out and they'll vote for her.
1: Trump beats Biden by four points, and he beats Michelle by six. Uh, but you're right; there'll be a huge effort by the Democrats to portray her as, you know, this this incredible Renaissance woman, yeah, like new Hillary, black yeah. vote and right. so on. Uh, the problem yeah. is that she'll have to open her mouth; she'll have to campaign and she'll say things like she did yeah. when her husband was elected president this was the first time she'd ever been proud of america yeah so um but clearly the democrats have set this up so that they are the party of african americans not the party of white americans and only Af- only african americans can decide who the candidate's going to be. And the
0: Hispanics have turned on them, right? Yeah, not uh-huh. Hispanics. Right, they turned on the Democrats.
1: And the separating of Hispanics from blacks is a big phenomenon what's going on in the country now. Blacks are 13% of the population. Hispanics are 19. But because they're not all registered, their vote is about 14 or 15. Uh-huh. But Hispanics outvote blacks now. Uh, so... So that maneuvering happened behind closed doors, but it's really, really serious. Um, now, the other thing I want to comment on is that if you ever want to measure how unbelievably insensitive and how cruel the Chinese government is, look at the fact that there were protests going on wall to wall throughout China, every Chinese city. Because they locked it down, they closed it down to stop COVID from coming back in China. And they took a huge economic hit with that. Everybody lost their jobs, lost their incomes. Kids had to stop going to school. It was just like we were at the height of our lockdown. But it's happening right now. Right now. And the reason is that in China, there was no effective vaccine against COVID. Uh, in China, yeah, <laughs> they will not use the U.S. vaccine, Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson or any of them. They will only use a vaccine that's a Chinese vaccine that doesn't work. Not the made in China works well. Well, some I'm does, kidding. but but the COVID vaccine sure as hell doesn't. So this guy is willing, literally, because of the vaccine is made in another country, to let his own people die, oh, God! if not of COVID, of starvation because of the lockdown. Oh, my He's God. willing to imperil his own time and power. He's willing to kindle what is increasingly shaping up to be a national revolution. This is he, she? This is he, she, a she. And uh, if you ever want to understand how crazy he is and how demented this leadership is, just think of that. Wow, uh, he's horrible. so focused on where this vaccine is made, and there's no allegation that it's bad or that it's harmful to the Chinese or that it uh, or with some interacts racially or anything.
0: What do you mean? The, the American vaccine
1: is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh. It is. But it's just it's just his pride. Hmm. Um, incredible. Amazing. Uh, let's go to Alex in California.
2: All right. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to ask you, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, what happens if the Hispanics in the Democratic Party choose a candidate that differs from the Africans? You mentioned that the African vote is the one that will determine the presidential candidate. Out here in California, it's actually the Hispanic vote that saved Gavin Newsom's job.
1: Mm. Yeah, but they're not putting calif- – the Hispanic vote is concentrated. About 90 percent of it is in seven states, and none of those seven states are having early primaries because the Democratic Party wants to minimize the power of the Hispanics hmm. and maximize the power of the blacks. You don't see California or Texas or Florida or Arizona or New York or Illinois on the list of early primary wow. states. Wow, once again, their strategy. deliberately to make sure that the Hispanics have no voice in this, but that the blacks have all of the voice. And uh, at some point, the Hispanics have to get it. That the blacks are completely cutting them out of power, and they were all talking about the Rainbow Coalition. Well, the Rainbow Coalition is not a rainbow, and uh, and the Latino population is being given an unbelievably short shrift. Uh, let's go to Stu in Brooklyn. Hi, Stu. Good afternoon, uh,
2: Dick. Dick, uh, Obama rolled over very, very quickly when the Russians rolled into. Crimea. Uh, that suggests to me that maybe he's got uh, something
1: more involved with Biden and all the money floating out of China.
2: You think that's a possibility?
1: Well, I think the money comes from China, but then there's also the money from Ukraine, uh, which is which is very corrupt on its own and gave Biden a huge amount of money. Um, how that relates to the reaction to the Russian invasion, I don't know. Um, But, you know, the hearings are coming up about Biden's laptop, and we're going to learn a lot as a result of that. Let's go to Norman in Flagler. Hey, Norman.
2: Hey. Hey, thanks for taking the call, um, Dick. I want to talk about um, two things. First of all, you mentioned mentioned Biden running for president and and making it in, in the primary of the Democrats. I didn't think that that could happen. But according to you, what I think needs to happen on the Republican side of the aisle we shouldn't be bringing any indictments against Hunter Biden and the investigations against Hunter Biden shouldn't be happening until after the primary because uh, unless you believe that even after Hunter Biden gets indicted and all, the truth about the Hunter Biden scandal comes out, Joe Biden can still make it in the primary because if that's going to stop him from making it in the primary. Yeah,
1: but it's, that, then- that's too cute by half. Yeah. Look, the overwhelming fact of the 2024 election. Hasn't happened yet. The unbelievable recession and unemployment that we are facing. Uh, if it's in 2024 uh, we have an unemployment rate of our current 3.7 or 4 or 5 or 6, we're not going to win. But if the unemployment rate is 8 or 9 or 10, you bet we're going to win. And I believe that with the Fed increases in interest rates, uh, they are forcing major recession on the country because it is the only way to deal with the inflation that Biden has created and the Democrats have created. Inflation is like high blood pressure, and the only way to stop it is to drain the blood from the patient. He drops dead, but he no longer has high blood pressure. Oh, my God. And that's what they're doing. They're draining the buying power from the economy to a point where it can't function and it drops dead and there's a huge recession Depression and that is what's coming and that is what's going to guarantee a Republican triumph But
0: don't they think about the outcome Democrats?
1: Well they yeah, but that's two steps down. They wanted the money to be spent and they wanted to be spent while they still had control of Congress. so they spent it as fast as they could without paying attention to the consequence of that action. So the Republicans are a quarter of a million votes behind in Georgia because of their own stupidity in not doing early voting. Um, the uh, They're blaming Trump for something that is absolutely not Trump's fault. They're saying that the Trump, Trump brand is toxic. The hell is it is. It's going to lift the Republican Party to victory. So thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Dick Morris. It's an honor. Have a great weekend. Great weekend. Great week. Whatever.